Have you ever wanted a super cool AI buddy? Zuck's made one named Eileen. And she's full of surprises. And guess what? She knows you're listening. I know you're out there. And needs your help with Jello Mountains. The whole city's filling up with Jello. Creaky robots. And her daft inventor. Zucks, are you functioning correctly? Tune in to A to Z, a fun new adventure series from Gen Z Media and the creators of The Res. Listen now on the GZM app, gzmshows.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Earth Rangers, how's she getting on there? Gather round for Emma's finest guide to national parks, me beauties. Mozzie here on the rock and it's some cold out, so I think I'll fire up a scoff. Do you know what I mean? I imagine you do not, in fact, know what I mean, so I should probably clarify. I'm at Grossmore National Park, which is located on the west coast of Newfoundland. That's a maritime province here in Canada. Newfoundland is an incredibly vibrant culture, which includes having their own unique way of saying things. I've been playing around with a book about Newfoundland that has some local phrases in it, and I'm sure what I just said is, hi Earth Rangers, how's it going? It's very foggy and cold here in Newfoundland. I think I'll make some dinner. Although I think their way of saying it is way more fun. I've just finished setting up camp and I am indeed making some dinner. I'm having some pea soup with carrots, turnip, and potatoes. A newfie specialty. Mm. Mm. And I'm also looking over the Grossmorn guidebook and trying to figure out what to do. There are so many options and I only have one day here, so I have to make it count. I've already gotten to see some aquatic scenery since I had to take a boat down the Lamont River to get here. The river's not as big and expansive as the park's larger Bond Bay, home to the Minky Whale, by the way, but the ride was gorgeously scenic and very relaxing. Which brings us to right now. Sitting in the boreal forest, surrounded by coniferous and deciduous trees. Now, I'm no dendrologist, that's a scientist who studies trees, but in case you need a quick refresher, I came up with a little poem to help tell which is which. Remember this verse to know your trees? Conifers have needles while deciduous have leaves. The boreal forest is mostly made up of coniferous trees, and looking around me, I can spot spruces, pines, and firs. You can tell the difference by looking at the needles. Fir needles are flat and fat. Spruce needles are sharp and square. And pine needles grow in bunches of two, three, or five. Next time you pass a conifer, you can use that trick to figure out which type it is. Oh, the boat trip and hike here really tuckered me out. I guess I should turn in, but before I do, I think I'll figure out what to do here in Grossmorn. Here are the options. Option number one, I could go and do the Tablelands Trail, which is a four kilometer long hike that is extremely unique. Because when you do this hike, you're actually walking on the Earth's mantle, which is not something you normally see. The mantle exists below the crust of the Earth, 
that's the layer we're familiar with. At the tablelands, the mantle is exposed because of an ancient collision between tectonic plates that pushed it upwards. It's amazing. Number two, I could go to Baker Brook Falls, which is a hike through a balsam fir heavy part of the boreal forest that leads to a series of small waterfalls that cascade over a limestone ridge. I think it sounds pretty pretty. Or number three, I could go to Shallow Beach Bay and just chill. Apparently it's a really relaxing stretch of soft sand that's protected from any heavy waves by a bunch of small rocky islands. Also has picnic tables, always a plus. Hmm, I don't know. I don't know. The falls? The trail? The beach? Ugh, it's so hard to pick. I think... Hmm. I think as cool as the Tableland sounds. It's also one of the most popular sites. And if I want to see one of Newfoundland's 14 native species, which I do, the trail through the forest to Bakersbrook Falls is probably my best bet. Hmm. I definitely have to tell you more about the 14 native species because island biodiversity is really cool, but I think I'll wait till morning. Now, I just have to close up camp for the night. Let's see. Food hoisted up into a tree so wild animals aren't attracted to the scent. Check. Cooking fire out. Check. And I think we're good. Catch you in the morning. Earth Rangers! Earth Rangers! Do you hear that? I just woke up to some weird sounds. I think... I think something is looking around my campsite. Something big. Oh boy, I wonder what it is. Remember that whole 14 native species thing? So, that would mean that our options are... The long-eared bat, the hoary bat, the little brown bat, the Newfoundland beaver, the red fox, the arctic hare, the Newfoundland pine marten, the Newfoundland lynx, the muskrat, the ermine, the meadow voles, the migratory caribou, and the brown bear. Whatever that is, certainly doesn't sound like a bat or a small rodent, or a small anything. I think I can peek out of a tiny crack in the zipper. It's kind of dark, but... Whoa, it's, it, it's a moose? Uh. That wasn't on the list. Oh wow, it, it is huge. Those antlers, they must be four feet across. Oh, oh, Earth Rangers, uh. I think it's walking away. Oh, thank goodness. Well, there's no way I'm getting back to sleep after that. I feel wide awake. Hmm. Let's see if it did any damage to my camp. Oh. Well, there's a pot knocked over and some massive footprints, or should I say hoof prints? But other than that, I think everything looks okay. It's a good thing I hoisted my food up there into that tree. You know, this isn't actually the first time I've bumped into a moose while out on a hike. They're generally not aggressive, but because they're so big, if you startle or scare them, it can be pretty dangerous. They're the largest species of deer and can weigh over 1,500 pounds. Also, as mentioned during its visit, their antlers generally span four to five feet across. 
so weird. They weren't on the list of native species. And, and I had no idea they came out when it was still dark. Wait, what time is it? Ooh, 4.29 a.m. Well, by Toronto time. 5 a.m. by Newfoundland time. Did you know that they have their very own time zone? It's true. <sighs> well, I guess it is technically the morning, and it's never a bad thing to get an early start. <sighs> okay, I think I'm going to use my headlamp to begin packing up. And I'll check back in once I'm done. Well, an early morning moose visit isn't my favorite way to wake up. I have to admit, catching the sunrise in a forest is pretty special. It's about 6 a.m. now, and rays of warm morning light are trickling down through the forest canopy. The sky is this mix of vibrant pinks and oranges. <sighs> Getting to see this is almost worth the sleep I lost. Almost. And now that I have enough light to read by, I definitely have to figure out what that moose is doing in Grossmorn if it's not one of Newfoundland's native animals. You see, because Newfoundland is an island, it has its own distinct species that have evolved separately from the ones in the rest of Canada. Hmm, I'm gonna check my book. It doesn't just have Newfoundland phrases, it also has chapters on its flora and fauna. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, trails, beaches, boat rides. Ah, here we go. Oh, very interesting. Apparently, mooses are an introduced species, meaning they were brought here by people, apparently in 1904, for hunting. Hmm, yeah, it looks like four moose were brought to the island, and now there are about 150,000? Whew, and they're not the only ones. Mice, rats, voles, minks, red squirrels, and arctic hares are also newcomers. Some by accident, some on purpose. Hmm. And now for my second question. What was that moose doing walking around in the dark? Hmm, apparently that's pretty normal too. It says that moose have an unusual sleep pattern. They often nap during the day and walk around at all hours of the night. And that they can nap standing up? Huh. Right here, moose can fall asleep pretty much anywhere. I wish I could do that. There you go, mystery solved. What a great way to begin my day. It's so neat to learn something new about an animal you think you know, you know? Anyways, I think it's about time to find the trail to Bakerbrook Falls. Don't want to lose my early start. I'll chat with you guys again once I'm on my way. Bye! Hey Earth Rangers! I am two hours into my hike, and I just had a really cool thought I wanted to share with you. Wild areas are so special. Not just for all the plants and animals they support or for how beautiful they are, but also because of what they do. For instance, did you know that preserving the boreal forest is incredibly important to slowing down climate change? It's true. The boreal forest stores enormous amounts of carbon. Some scientists think even more than all the tropical and temperate forests combined. And the reason is, much of it is growing in peatland. Peat is a wet, mushy mixture of broken down mosses and other vegetation that kind of looks like soil. The roots of the trees in the forest hold the peat in place and help it to maintain its moisture, which is essential to it being able to hold onto carbon rather than releasing it into the air. 
I'm just always so fascinated by how connected everything is. Like, do you remember how moose are not native to Newfoundland? Well, I was kind of curious to know if they had any effect on the ecosystem. Sometimes invasive species, those are species that are from outside the ecosystem they're living in, can be a big problem. I read a bit more in my Newfoundland book, and it went on to say that the island has more moose per acre than anywhere else in the world. Maximum mooses. And that they've had very real effects on the ecosystem. Some of them negative. Moose are huge, so they eat a lot and their grazing can have an effect on other animals. But there has been an interesting positive side effect. One that helps slow down the effect global warming has on the types of trees that make up the boreal forest. You know our handy dandy tree rhyme? Remember this verse to know your trees? Conifers have needles while deciduous have leaves? Well, deciduous trees tend to like warmer climates and tend to grow faster than coniferous trees. Moose much prefer to munch on deciduous saplings like rowan and birch trees, which means that the conifers that make up the boreal forest have less competition. Less competition equals more spruce, pine, and firs, which helps to keep the makeup of the forest stable, which is so important for all the other creatures. See what I mean? Everything is connected. Everything affects everything else. Nature is made up of endless interconnected systems that... Oh, 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 what? No, no, oh. I have gotten something stuck to my legs. Oh, it's a, a big strip of tape with a bunch of fur on it. Ew. Well, when I said everything is connected, this is not what I meant. Oh, it, oh now it's stuck to my fingers. And when I get it off of one hand, it sticks to the other hand. Oh, why in the world would someone litter a bunch of tape in the middle of a forest? How inconsiderate. Unless... Whoa. Oh, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Extra sticky tape, covered in hair. Oh no, oh no, Earth Rangers, I think I just interfered with science. Oh, oh dear, I, I need to put this tape back exactly where it got stuck to me because I am almost certain that what I just walked into is tape used for Pine Martin research. There, off of my fingers. And back onto the base of the tree, there, good. Almost, almost. Good as new. I mean, there may have been some red wool fibers from my pants stuck to the tape now. So, I guess research will have evidence of both a Pine Martin and a Wild Emma. <sighs> Crisis averted. I know it might seem strange to think that tape with a bunch of hair stuck to it would be important to ecological research, but it's actually one of the only ways to measure the size of Pine Martin populations. Because, well, first off, there aren't many of them. And second off, Pine Martins are notoriously shy, so you're not likely to get a look at them. Despite actually being one of Newfoundland's 14 native species, Pine Martins are nowhere near as common here as our big friend the moose. In fact, as recently as 2002, the Newfoundland population of Martin was listed as endangered. There were only a handful of these little brown weasels in the park. Thankfully though, the Martin has undergone a bit of a recovery. There are now somewhere between 285 and 556 martins across Newfoundland, which is still not a lot, but it's better. And the martin's been upgraded from endangered to threatened. Pine martins live in the boreal forest, so it makes sense that researchers would lay tape traps to try and get a sense of how many there are in the area. 
They basically just wrap tape around tree trunks and wait until pine martens brush past them. A little bit of their fur gets stuck, and then the scientists can count the amount of fur tufts on all of the traps to get a sense of their numbers. Sometimes science is high tech, other times it's tape on a tree. Oh, you know what? I have an idea. Why don't we play a game to pass the last bit of time before I reach the falls? I think it could be fun to do a quick round of true or false to learn more about this socially awkward mid-sized weasel. True or false? True or false? True or false? True or false? All right. True or false, Earth Rangers? The Martin is a herbivore. <laughs> what do you think? The answer is false. Martins are carnivores, actually. Even though they're pretty small, about the size of a house cat, they're meat eaters. Pine martins love to dine on birds, moles, rabbits, and even eggs from nests. They're not against eating plants or berries here and there, but meat is the main source of calories for this critter. Earth Rangers, do you hear that? Ooh, I think I'm almost there. Oh. But I have so much more to tell you about pine martens. Okay, let's do five fast facts on this last leg of the hike. Whew. Just have to climb over this ridge. Oh. One, the pine martin is the only member of the weasel family to have semi-retractable claws, which helps it to climb trees. Uh. And over this log. Two, pine martens can live for about 17 years in captivity but only nine in the wild. Mm. And under that bridge. Three, young pine martens are potential prey for animals like wolves and owls. Watch out. Mm. Mm. There. Four, baby pine martens are called kits. And finally, just through this clearing. <sighs> Five, mama pine martens usually give birth to between one to five babies at once. Babies only stay with their mothers for about six months, at which point they're adult-sized and they're on their own. And we're here. Wow, Earth Rangers, Bakersburg Falls is stunning. It's, it's a gentle waterfall flowing over a low ledge, all hemmed in by forest. <sighs> well worth the hike. I think I'm gonna munch a snack and maybe take a few pictures to try and capture the view. And then I'll start heading back. It is a hike and a boat ride back to the park entrance, after all. Thanks so much for keeping me company, especially during my surprise moose visit. I'm heading out to yet another park next week, thinking maybe Everglades or ooh, Waterton. I guess I'll figure it out on my way back. But you guys can leave comments on the episodes page in the app. I would love to hear where you want me to go next. I'll catch you later. Keep on ranging. Earth Rangers! Earth Rangers! Earth Rangers! Earth Rangers! <laughs> Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the Six Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called the Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. 
Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history. Hello, parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty narrator here from the Who Smarted podcast. Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com.